Hello and welcome to the London School of Theology podcast. You are listening to our weekly chapel service. Today's speaker is the Reverend Professor Mark Cartledge. London School of Theology. Forming disciples. Resourcing churches. Impacting society. And Paul um, has outlined um, the gospel in many ways, the blessings, chapter one of forgiveness, thanksgiving for the saints, the mercy of rescue, salvation, access to the spirit, the revelation of Christ, the mystery, mystery revealed, and Right at the end of chapter 3, he has this amazing blessing. Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. This is a person who's writing from prison, and he can write a prayer like that. It's amazing. And then he says kind of in light of all that God has done, in light of the power of the work of the Spirit in us. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, the calling to be Jesus' followers, the calling to be disciples. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Wow. One of the themes that we're going to be looking at this term is Christ-likeness. It's one of our values in our new new vision and strategy document. So looking at the text of this, be completely humble can be translated, have a humility of mind. Have a humility of mind. That's quite hard in an academic institution because you are arguing, testing ideas. And some of us are, it's harder for some of us to have a humility of mind. Be humble and gentle. Uh, Be meek and mild. Have disciplined strength. Hold back for the sake of others. Um, Sometimes I'm not as mild as I need to be. Uh, Yesterday I found myself pushing into the lunch queue. I know. And uh, there was a certain person who was not happy behind me, Emily Reed. And uh, Emily... Emily's very good at telling people. (laughs) And actually, she was right. I I happened to push in. I had a a good reason, or at least I gave myself a good reason. So, thank you, Emily. Be be patient. Don't have a short fuse. How many of us have a short... I won't ask you to put your hands up to this one. How many of us have a short fuse? We get easily upset. Put up with people. Now, that's, that's harder. It's easier said than done, putting up with people. So you saw me go into Aldous. In my first year, I, I shared a room. I shared a room in my second year as well. I had my own room in my third year. But in my first year, I shared a room with a guy called John. And John and I were chalk and cheese. It was really hard to get along with John. Mostly his fault, of course. It's easy to blame others when we need to look in the mirror at ourselves. We weren't really friends in the first term. We kind of had a few arguments in the second term, and we became friends in the third term. Sometimes you've got to be patient with them and with yourself. Then Paul says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
We often think that uh, church unity is something that we strive for. But actually, in this text, the unity is given in the Spirit. God has given us, as the body of Christ, unity. We kind of mess it up, really. And the text here says, maintain that which you have. Be eager to maintain that which you have. There's no doubt there'll be differences this year, this academic year. If you live in community, in this place, (laughs) you're going to have moments where you kind of don't get on with your neighbor on the corridor. But you are called to be united in Christ. That calling is given to you by your union with Christ. The calling is to maintain that unity. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called into one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and through all and in us. The Spirit is with us. Amen? Amen? Amen. And it's the Spirit who brings the unity in church and in this place. Let us keep in step with what the Spirit is doing in us and through us. Paul then goes on to talk about uh, the grace. I mean, this passage is really about both unity and maturity. He talks about Christ ascending, and I'm not going to go into the details of what that means. It's not a a lecture, um, an exegetical lecture. And I'm not going to go into the details of all the offices of apostles, prophets, and all of that, and whether they are for today. What is an apostle? I'm simply going to make the observation that Christ gives gifts to his people. He gives ministries to his people. And God's calling upon you, in a sense, is for you to discover what that calling is in its fullness. So many of you come here and you don't know what God is calling you to do, but you know what you're good at. You know what God has given to you. It may be that he's given you that prophetic ministry, that prophetic gift. And this is a place for you to discern that, to practice that in love with your your fellow students. It may be that God has amazing plans for you. Our alumni go out and have done incredible things around the world. Uh, One of our um, uh, alumni uh, was a guy called Sandy Russell. Sandy went um, to Iraq and planted a church and translated the New Testament in the local dialect. He was an amazing man. He is an amazing man. There are people who go and do incredible things because they respond to the gifting that God has placed in them. This is a place that will and can cultivate your giftings. We just have to be open to what God is doing in us and through us. But the point of the gifting is that we may be equipped for works of service, that we might be trained that we might be formed. So forming disciples is at the heart of this place. Resourcing churches is at the heart of this place. Impacting society for the sake of the kingdom is at the heart of this place. We do want you to go out and be world changers. Because if you don't do it, who will? No, seriously. If you don't go out and make a difference in this world, I don't know who will. This place, over nearly 80 years 
has been training and equipping people to go and make a difference for the sake of the kingdom. That's our calling. We're an education institution, a formation institution, to help you go and impact society for the sake of the kingdom. That's our desire for you. And so when people are engaged and they use their gifts, they build up the body of Christ and they help that unity which is being given by the Spirit to come into full reality until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When I think of that, I think of Paul thinking of someone who has grown up, think of the stature of Christ. So someone who is no longer a child, no longer an adolescent, but someone who's grown up into the full maturity of their faith so that they can fully represent Christ as an ambassador. That's an incredible privilege, but also an awesome responsibility that we are called, all of us, to grow. It doesn't matter what your chronological age is. It really doesn't. We're all called to grow further into Christ, to grow up into Christ, so that we grow together in that unity of the faith. And that's hard. That's hard work. But that's what we're called to do. Because a mature church is going to burn more brightly than an immature church. We're called to be light and salt in the world. If we are immature, our witness will be weak. We're called to be strong and mature. So that's why Paul can say, verse 14, then we, know, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. In my mind, I have this image of someone in a sea and they're clinging desperately to driftwood. They're clinging desperately to driftwood. They have no agency other than to hold on. And the storm and the wind and the waves are just pushing them and pulling them, tossing them to and fro. They're at the mercy of the elements. Now, you might think that we're at the mercy of the elements given the economic crisis. You might think we're at the mercy of the elements given the devaluation of the pound. Well, it, it, it will recover eventually. What's really important is that we are rooted and grounded in Christ that, such that if we do come across, and here the point is, um, blown about by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes, there are people who want to undermine your faith. There are. There are people who want to take you away from Jesus whether it's false teaching in the church or values outside in wider society. And what Paul is saying is, if you're rooted and grounded in the gospel, you won't be tossed around. You won't be thrown around. Your relationship with Jesus is key. Your, your understanding of sound doctrine is key. Now, we don't hear a lot about sound doctrine these days, but I hope at the end of the day, that you will understand the gospel and the implications of the gospel so much better. And it's not about passing Matt Nell's her heresy test. 
In fact, I don't think anybody can pass Matt Nell's heritage test. In fact, it would be really interesting to ask the faculty to take Matt Nell's heresy test. But I won't ask David Hilborn to implement that one. We want you to understand Scripture really well. Because that's your anchor to the revelation of God. It is the revelation of God. You need to understand the Scriptures. You need to understand the history of the church and how the church has interpreted the Scriptures. The tradition of the church. The great tradition of the church. But you also need to be able to read culture and society and make those connections so that you can speak truth to power in wider society from your perspective. So from Paul, what he's saying is, look, don't be tossed around like an infant clinging to a piece of wood. Rather, grow up into the mature body of him who is the head. Grow up into Christ, all of us, and then being joined and held together by every supporting ligament, it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And the means of doing this is a little phrase, uh, it's a kind of um, subclause, speaking the truth in love. Actually, in the Greek, it's not speaking. The, the verb to speak is not present in the text. The verb is a participle, a verbal participle, and it is truthing in love. We truth in love. But translators want to say speaking. But the thing about truthing in love is it's embodied. It's action. It's not just verbal speech. I actually prefer the translation being truthful with love. It's something... Truth is something that we are, not something just that we say. It's often said um, that um, truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. Love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. We need both. We need both together, working together. So that is how we combat any false teaching, speaking the truth with love, any false values that seek to hold us captive and toss us around, speaking the truth, being truthful in love. In that way, we will grow up together. We will grow together. We'll build each other up in love. And the final little bit is really important. As each part does its work. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a part to play. Um, when we did our re-envisioning project in 2021, um, we had various focus groups, and we asked each group to comment. Uh, we, we gave them little uh, pictures of boats, and we said to them, if LST uh, were a boat, what kind of boat would we be? Would you be a, a cruise liner? Would we be um, a rescue boat of some kind? Would we be um, a slave ship? <laughs> would we be a rowing boat? Would we be a tugboat? What would be, we be? And uh, from my Durham days, I loved the idea of rowing boats. I used to watch the students row and go to the regatta, and it was great fun. But the thing about a rowing boat, especially the eight, 
it's, it's, it's hard to be in sync if you're in an eight. You've got to train and train and train to be in sync. But every person in the boat has their place and their role, and they know what they're doing. They build momentum, they have direction, and they go places. Wherever we are and whatever we do, we have to work together. If we don't work together, we won't go the place where God wants us to go. Everybody needs to pull together. And that's the unity and the maturity. So I want to encourage all of us this year. It's going to be a hard year in some ways. There's lots of challenges. But the call is to do it together. The call is to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace and live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. Amen? Let's pray together. Perhaps in this moment of stillness, you might think about the gifts that God has given you. Some amazing gifts that maybe you take for granted or maybe you don't use that often. And I want to invite you to take those gifts, the talents, the gifts that you've got in your own mind's eye, and just raise them to the Lord. And say, Lord, these are your gifts. As you pour them into my life, so I give them back freely. Take them. Use them for your glory. Thank you for listening to the London School of Theology podcast. To find out more about LST and our courses, please visit our website.